Welcome back to the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast. In this special two-part series on death and dying, we continue our exploration of this profound and deeply human experience. In part one, we delved into the questions and emotions that arise when facing mortality. We discovered the power of community and faith in finding solace and understanding during times of loss. It's through these discussions that we aim to bring light and compassion to the often taboo subject of death, fostering a sense of empowerment and preparedness within our community. So join us once again as we navigate the intricate terrain of death and dying, seeking wisdom, support, and the transformative power of hope. Here's Pastor Brendan. What has broken your heart? What have you encountered that breaks your heart in hospice ministry? Um, A couple of things break my heart. Um, A big one is little, it seems like it's little old ladies, (laughs) little old ladies who have been faithful in their faith tradition have gone to church every Sunday, you know, and they've served coffee and they've made cakes and they've visited the sick and they've done all these things. And yet they say to me, I'm kind of afraid to die because I don't think I've been good enough. And Mm. I don't think I'll go to heaven. And I just want to rage against the fire and brimstone theology that says you're a sinner and never can reconcile. Because, yeah, yeah, we been talking about that at the Forest Grove UCC. A little yeah, bit. it it's it's not my 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 um, lived experience, and it's not theology as it has progressed into the twenty first century. So it's very heartbreaking for me to experience that. Um, I had a little old lady who who um well for one thing she told me that her roommate was a chippy and had men in her room at night but in her in her uh, dementia but she also she was one who told me i know i won't go to heaven because i danced oh and yeah so i was able to read scripture to her about coming into the presence of the lord with dancing and singing and and she looked at me and she said why would they teach us that that was bad? And it was heartbreaking for her to do that process of what she had been taught her whole life countermanded in scripture that, you know, she'd based her life on. So that was, that was agonizing. And, and um, families in absolute denial are heartbreaking because it's usually days before someone dies that they're they're in denial family accepts it and then there's too much to try and cram into that little bit of time in terms of of sharing memories and expressing forgiveness or regret or any of those things and um those are hard those are hard things on that note, I wanted to share some of my experience with you and see what you think about it. I've always felt from seeing what I've seen, the greatest kindness, the greatest love we can show our dying loved ones is by being honest with them, by by not, if we know 
from what the doctor says or if we know that death is is coming and of course we don't always know some there is sudden death if we have the experience of knowing that we are going to die or if we have the ability to see it coming i guess um there's a tendency for people to want to brush it off and say oh you're going to be fine but actually there's grace and kindness in saying to our dying loved ones brother sister father mother relative you're dying and i'm and we're and we're here for you in this it is um i call it the courageous conversation someone told me a story once of a child that had cancer eight-year-old nine-year-old and the parents would not tell the child that they had cancer told the doctors don't tell the child the child was telling her nurses i have cancer and i'm going to die but don't tell my parents wow. and my heart does break thinking of the missed opportunities to talk in that space. And I will say to, to spouses, have you had the conversation about, I know I'm dying, here are things I want you to know, or honey, you're dying and I'm really sad about it. And they'll say, oh no, you know, we haven't done that. And I tell them it is the hardest conversation but through that conversation onto the other side is where they meet together in, in holy union. The intimacy and the knowing of one another on the other side of that conversation is profound. And, um, and sometimes I will come back to it to visit the family and they'll say, we had the conversation and um, I'll ask how did it go? And and they said it was they say it was wonderful. How could it be wonderful? But saying the truth, and I, I was sitting with a man once and he was he was very restless and he wanted to talk to his wife on the phone and he he couldn't figure out what was going on and he, he couldn't get himself settled and he said, What's the matter with me? And I said, John, your body is starting to die. And he said, well, that makes sense. And he settled right down and he died within 24 hours because he wasn't trying to fight the unknown at that point. He knew what was happening and he was able to settle into his body and understand what was going on and let it happen. So um, being open, being transparent, having that conversation. Yeah, it is, it is a gift and um, it is a kindness. And it's a point of grace. And on that note, with the point of grace, you've said you've spoken to this a little bit, but I'd be interested to hear you speak a little bit more about what ins what has uh, inspired your heart by hospice ministry, by encountering death and by being with people and through the process of death and dying. Um, it's, it's hard to say this without sounding pompous, <laughs> but one of the reasons I knew I was called into 
death and dying ministry was because I believe that God had gifted me with an understanding of it and with a sense of um, touch that brought comfort to people. And as I would be with people, be with families, there was something in God's spirit within me that just let me know how to approach them. Is this a family that wants hard, cold facts? Is this a family that we have to kind of do a little dance to get to the point we want to? Is this a family that likes humor? And being able to meet those families at those different needs, all, all going toward the same goal of having them recognize the divine within them that gave, like I guided them to understand the divine that was in them that gave them the power and the courage and the um, willingness to step into that place. And feeling that spirit inside me that I know comes from something way beyond me was, um, it was nurturing, it was fulfilling. And I felt like I was, you know, people talk about being the vessel for God. And it's like, well, you know, I, I would be terrible leading a parish. I would be terrible, you know, having meetings every day, but God has given me this gift and I can bring these people into, into their death and into their dying and bring their family with them and um, know that God is behind it. And I don't know if that answers the question or not, but, but that, um, it just, it, it, rem uh, it taught me how much God is in the air we breathe, living our, living our being, everything we, wherever God is, we are, wherever we are, God is. And, um, yeah. You, you use the term death doula. I've, yeah. always, I've always felt like uh, hospice ministry or being with people in that thin space does feel like a form of midwifery, getting people through a process of questioning people, helping people understand what they need to let go of, helping people identify the points of meaning that I think that you describe as the, the divine within. Uh, I, I, I would like to hear you speak more about how, what kinds of questions do you ask? What, how do you midwife people through that space? How do you, how do you help people access the divine within in a way that gives them courage to face death? I have felt that if we look deeply at death, we see the seeds of life and vice versa. We see how life and death intertwine and that can be empowering. How have you discovered that? And how have you, through that discovery, helped people uh, identify that indwelling presence of, of, of a greater life that we would call the divine? Yeah, there are, I wanna, I wanna be real clear that I had a very short three day um, introduction to death midwifery and to, to death doula-ing. 
um, there are there are formal programs now that will certify you and it, it's magnificent. So, but I want to make the distinction that I haven't done that training. Um, the gift of being a hospice chaplain is that you have time, usually you have time to know your patients and have a relationship with them. And, um, and one of the most profound experiences I had in this was um, a man who turns out had not been a good husband. He had not been a good father. And now in his, you know, later dying times, he, he wanted to recognize that and acknowledge that and let go of that so that he could um, face his son before he died. And so there was a two hour session of my eyes locked with this man's as, um, as I would say the words that he wasn't able to say, you know, you know, Bob, you cheated on your wife and he would have a huge contraction and acknowledge it um, and, and open his eyes and then close them. And then he'd breathe calmly for a few minutes. And then I'd say, and you know, you weren't a very good father. And the, the things that he wanted to get out, I was verbalizing for him. And it was as though he was guiding me and telling me the things so I could say them out loud. Um, they weren't guesses. You know, he, he had shared these things with me. And and the other thing that um, I did very, very, very often, and this is this is my absolute belief, is that the divine is with anyone. And being in the thin space of death and dying, walking alongside people going through uh, the process of death and dying, gives us yes. a front row seat to have insight into the ways how when we look deeply at death we see the seeds of life and when we look deeply at life we see death and change as part of the artistry and creativity of how life moves forward it makes me say if we are going to if we are going to celebrate and be in awe of divine creation we also need to celebrate and be in awe of how creation changes and death is part of how creation changes. Um, you know, as kids, we learn that the tree falls in the forest and more trees grow out of it. Well, a human death is a changing of the form of the human. And I, this is what I tell families or, or people who are dying is that everything you have told your family, every joke you have shared with your family, every example, everything you've done is part of your legacy. And that is in your family. And that will get handed on um, to generations you, you will never see, but you and the stories of your life will live on. And that leads into my, sort of my final question for you as someone who's spent 10 years in hospice ministry, what is, what perspective, what closing thoughts would you like to offer people uh, experiencing death and dying, whether they're their own, whether facing their own death or to the families and friends and loved ones of the dying and, and, or all of us who, I mean, the reality is, is as soon as we are born, we begin to die a little as well. So we're all uh, in, in the shadow of, of death. What, 
what would your advice be? I, um, well, I, I, if you know that there is going to be a death, if you have advance warning, get into hospice, take advantage of the services of the social worker and the chaplain, um, turn to your clergy, open yourself to your community and find people who can walk with you because trying to do it alone is um, really difficult. And even if you are a professional in one of those situations and you have a dying person, you tend to forget everything you know when it's your family and you need people to walk with you to remind you of, um, of how to be. And when I hear of families who, um, whose loved one died and, and they just kind of turned around and the funeral home came or they turned and left the hospital and were kind of bewildered about what happens next. I'm very sad because having someone who works in death, who works in dying, who, who knows the ins and outs and is a professional can make this experience, um, uh, can normalize the experience and can show you the beauty in it. Beautiful. What comes to mind for me uh, in light of this conversation in terms of uh, a closing thought is realizing that embracing death with an open heart is having a sense of wonder and awe and appreciation for mystery. So we don't have to be at war with uncertainty. We can embrace uncertainty with wonder and awe and mystery and an open heart and with tenderness and liken that mystery to the presence of God. Exactly. To the the divine itself. Uh, The mystery can be an awakening to spirit, not a a closed door to spirit. Right. And, And think of how many times we step into the unknown. Every time we start a new job, we move to a new home, we change schools. All of that is is a step into the unknown. And yet for some reason, we don't give it the same, um, the same fearfulness that we give death. So yeah, acknowledging that step into the mystery and realizing that, that there is a, there is a net of divine underneath it that, that will keep us from going into oblivion. And it, uh, it reminds, it, this reminds me or this process of, sort of embracing uh, the uncertainty with uh, an open heart reminds me of uh, the the Agnes DeMille quote that tells us, where the artist tells us, living is a form of of not being sure, not knowing what next or how. She says, the moment you know how, you begin to die a little. The artist never entirely knows, we guess. We may be wrong, but we take leap after leap in the dark. And the truth of the matter is we, none of us have ever died yet. (laughs) So uh, we can't give each other the answers, but we can help each other. We can show up for each other with love and compassion as we take leap after leap in the dark. And in the leap we discover in the leaping, we discover courage and the presence of possibility. Yes, yes. And yes, and the assurance that we aren't doing it alone. Yes. Well, uh, 
this is that we could go on and on with this topic. Uh, yes, we could. <laughs> I want to thank you for the blessed work that you do, uh, the compassionate care that you offer other people, and the wisdom that you've shared with us today. We're grateful for you, Terry. Thank you, Brendan. This has this has been a treat to a joy to share some of these thoughts. Thank you for joining us on this thought-provoking journey through the topic of death and dying. We hope that these conversations have brought comfort, understanding, and inspiration to your hearts. If you enjoyed this episode and found value in our discussions, we ask you to support us by liking and subscribing to the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast. Your support helps us reach more listeners and continue producing meaningful content. To stay connected with us and receive updates on upcoming episodes, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook. Join our online community and be part of the ongoing conversation. We also encourage you to share your thoughts, questions, and stories with us. Your feedback is invaluable, and we welcome your emails at podcast at fgucc.org. Thank you for being part of the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast.